Good evening, you are listening to Three Moves Ahead, and I'm your host, Rob Zachney. On tonight's show, we welcome back our friend, freelance writer, Rowan Kaiser. Hello. And for the first time, we welcome the escapists, Jonathan Bolding. Hi, everyone. And we also welcome back our friend from the Game Design Roundtable, David Heron. Hello, great to be back. Uh, so tonight's show is the first reaction shot, I suppose, uh, to XCOM 2. Now, Rowan and Jonathan, I believe you may have had a little more time with it uh, due to re- uh, to due to review code uh, going out a little early, and David and I have been playing since uh, since release, and I feel like uh, I, I've, I've observed at least an interesting phenomenon uh, with with reactions to this game. Reviewers were pretty universally really high on this game. People who were playing it sort of the week before it came out, like. All I heard was this is a tremendous leap forward, uh, really like a significant improvement on the original XCOM. And then it got out in the wild and I was seeing a lot of people who I would have really like sort of bet the farm that they would have been like really into literally anything with XCOM on on the front of the, on the front of the box. Uh, A lot of those people having surprisingly negative reactions, a lot of people being a little underwhelmed. Uh, And I thought that was an interesting, that was sort of an interesting wrinkle uh, in the story of, in the story of XCOM 2. And uh, I I think this group we've gathered here tonight is, is sort of a decent cross section of, uh, of reactions. Rowan, why don't you start us off here? You know, Everyone, everyone knows XCOM pretty well at this point. We don't need to explain what the game is, but what's new in XCOM Two? What are, what are the, what's the most significant change that they've made here uh, for, compared to Enemy Within? The main thing is that it has a coherent harmony of story and style. Enemy Within kind of felt like, or Enemy Unknown and Enemy Within both felt like they were sort of going through the motions of what XCOM was supposed to be, which is a kind of near-future, battling X-Files-style aliens on with, like, conventional weaponry, and then slowly increasing to, you know, science fiction stuff. But it didn't really feel like it was a coherent story or theme. It was just kind of, here's what this tactical strategy game is, and it kind of works. And then Enemy Within added all of this, like, we have to become the monster in order to fight the monster stuff, like, on the surface, but I didn't never really felt like that was taken advantage of at a complete level. Um, whereas XCOM 2 starts 20 years in the future after the alien invasion is over and the aliens have won, and you're playing the resistance against the aliens, and this kind of helps all of the game feel like a coherent whole in the way that XCOM 1 struggled with. So something like XCOM 1, where you're like the government organization funded by the largest economies in the world, but you can only send six soldiers on a mission, like, that makes sense here. You're ragtag resistance. And, you know, this goes along with the graphics, where your characters have, like, different hairstyles and tattoos and stuff like that, and also a more desperate kind of mission structure where there are more, a lot more timed missions where you're trying to get in and get out before everything goes wrong and the strategic map is also helped here because you're flying a specific carrier around the world and kind of figuring out how to put everything together from that direction so i think that's that's the big overall improvement that is most notable 
Jonathan, I'm I'm curious. Uh, before the show, you were you were, you sort of introduced yourself as as an ex comaholic, and I'm curious what you uh, what you make of first of of Rowan's sort of uh, critique of the first XCOM, and then how you feel about these these new changes that have been introduced here. Well, yeah, I, I certainly am an ex comaholic. I uh, I think I have more hours in the XCOM games and their sort of spinoffs and derivatives than in any other uh, single series. Um, which given how many hours of paradox games I've played is, is quite a statement. Uh, and so I, you know, I, I really do agree with Rowan though. I think that, um, one of the big weaknesses of, of XCOM 2012 or, or enemy unknown was that it didn't have a unified story. It just had these sort of, um, bits and pieces of themes here and there. Uh, and I think that XCOM two makes a, a huge stride, um, in in improving those qualities but i think it's interesting that rowan focused on the story elements whereas i think a lot of people would have focused on the gameplay elements just the sheer improvement in the strategy layer of the game um over the previous title from firaxis i i feel like those are more like individual components whereas the the overall sort of thematic thing is a you know, Rob asked for one thing, that um, if you if he'd asked for a dozen of them, I'd have said this game does armor so much better. <laughs> I love how this game does armor, but the, the yeah the armor thing is uh, is significant here. Um, but you know, you you brought up the the fact that there's there's a little more going on 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 the strategic layer, and David, I, I'm a little curious how how you feel about the the strategic layer. Just just to start with, right there, sure, uh, sure. the strategic layer. Because for for me, I have been a little more uh, ambivalent about the changes made to the strategic level of of XCOM that we see in XCOM too. Uh, and, and I'm curious how you've reacted to them. Well, I, I I'll tip my hand early. I think that apart from armor and maybe a support class there's not a single element of this game that isn't a step backwards from enemy unknown um i think the strategic layer is like a great place to start because it's right all at the top uh, i would think that um a lot of people would argue that maybe the first game was a little bit too simplistic i know you know as someone who loves XCOM, right like for me it's one of the sort of the the mother sauces of the strategy genre <laughs> like i loved <laughs> UFO defense and, and terror from the deep. Um, and so I was a bit, you know, surprised. Oh, I can't build bases. But when I got right down to it, um, it was this really, like, clean and and crisp strategy layer that presented, like, some really clear trade-offs. Uh, I immediately knew the sort of the benefits for those um, and or decisions that I was making. And, uh, and, and people will argue, okay, that the story sort of like railroaded you down this path and really were just along the lines for a roller coaster. But, uh, at least I sort of knew what I was doing and there were some, some meaningful choices along the way. Um, in XCOM 2, everything, the strategy layer, there's a lot more noise. You can move around it. There's a lot of numbers that sort of pop up, a lot of different things that count down. And as a free-to-play designer, you'd think I'd like counters, and I'd like things that count down to zero and, and have to make these, make these decisions. But what, what I found was is at many different times, 
I just had no idea what I was being asked to make decisions against. What were the trade-offs? What was the impact of the choices? And what was my next short-term, medium-term, or long-term goal? Um, earlier last year, a game called Invisible Ink came out. And I think its sort of map looked really, really similar. And it was this sort of race against time and this idea of, like, you know, insurgents or, you know, a group of 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 uh, plucky underdogs trying to trying to go after a corporation or a company, and I think that uh, conversely, that game did a really great job of sort of saying, you know, this thing connects to this thing. You do this before this because of this reason, or if you do this, you know, you're going to get this benefit at the cost of this other one. Um, so right right at the very beginning, I just got lost in this murky strategy layer of XCOM two. Yeah, I uh that's not too dissimilar from from my experience. I I I actually found the the strategic layer kind of annoying uh on, on a couple levels mainly because it just never So in 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 Enemy Unknown, it felt like there was a a really a really simple uh really satisfying uh process you go through on the strategic level. You know, you go back to headquarters you hand out a few assignments. Hey, research this. Build me that. Cool. And then you go back to the the uh, the geoscape and start time advancing again. And then your next missions would pop up, and you'd sort of play your uh, little worker placement game, uh, where you deploy your your squad and which regions do you do you send to you know get bent basically. And then you go on another mission. And from mission to mission was you it, it never felt like a very long time, right? It felt like, all right, we finished that mission, gonna go home, gonna do those little things, and then right back out into the field. Cool. Here, I feel like they're boy, yeah, you're not kidding when you say there's there's a lot of things counting down. I uh, I described it on Twitter and I and I and I think it's a decent analogy. It feels a lot like trying to maintain inbox like inbox zero. After a bunch of like spam, like a bunch of spammers have gotten hold of your, of your email address, like every time I started advancing the uh, the geoscape toward toward the next uh, goal, um, usually like three things would happen before that that goal would pop up. Right? You know, it'd be commander, the research is finished. Commander, we we're not using engineers for 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 X. Uh, Oh, here's here's a mission. You have to choose which of these missions you want to take on. Oh, maybe you don't want to take on a mission though. Maybe you can leave it for now. Uh, oh, there's another thing out here to explore. And it was this really um, it, it was this really herky jerky feel, uh, to to the to the strategic layer, that, you know, even setting aside how well I think you know maybe how well or or not well the the game hangs together, um, that that pacing issue. Uh, it has kind of been a persistent uh, a, a persistent bother for me because a lot of times, as stressful as the missions themselves are, because we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But boy, am I crap at the new XCOM! Uh, I, I get guys killed all the time. I'm, I'm amazed my soldiers haven't fragged me. But as bad as that experience is uh, for me, as stressful as it is, there's a lot of times where I'm like, man, I just wish I could skip to the next mission. Like, I really, I really want to get out of this base and go back to playing with soldiers. This is a very weird kind of thing for me to hear because it's like, if you go back to the 2012 XCOM, you just like, what you do is you press a button and you wait. Like, it's not 
it's not something I'm going to go and say, this is a great core game loop here. This is the strategic layer in that game felt like it was an afterthought. And, you know, I can say that this XCOM 2's version of this is particularly lacking in the sort of non-mission things that you can do where you just like go scan a place and eventually get some money like that's not i'm not going to defend that as great but like you're actually doing something instead of just pressing the wait for something to happen button that's that's not an exciting thing let's be real the 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 important is is suggesting not that it's exciting but that what it had there was 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 well executed I always knew what the importance of the decision was and what the reward was. In this current game, it's asking me to make a bunch of decisions based on information that it's not surfacing. Something like, is simple. Like what, what information are you missing here? Because it says what the rewards are for everything you do. Sure. But, but the implication of what those rewards are, because there are so many more pieces, it's certainly not as clear. And something as simple as why a thing will appear on a map and when it will disappear. Those things aren't uh, properly communicated. So there are there are certain missions where there's a counter, and that basically says how many ticks of the clock does your carrier need to be on there, and when it's completed, it'll it will it will appear. But nowhere is there the clock that says if you don't address this thing in n number of ticks, um, it, it, you, it'll disappear. So right there is a very important part of that information of basically being able to weigh the advantages and where you are, uh, where you should spend the resource that is the attention of your carrier. Um, that's missing. And and so while maybe there's a potential for something that's interesting or or or, or uh, exciting as you put it, the execution is lacking. Because I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I can't make educated decisions. The the lack of a cancellation timer or whatever is is definitely an issue, but it that only seems to be on the little optional things that I think just aren't that important, and maybe it takes a little too long to realize that those aren't that important. I've started like six different campaigns by now, and you know, I sort of have a good feel for why right. I should go do the things that I do. And, but and I don't feel like it was like that huge of a deal at first other than as a but, sort of attention confuser right but what you're just saying is that it takes six games and i'm saying i'm that not that's, saying that and that's unacceptable it took, it took like one like, and a half and one of the, sure. the first one was like you know i played through for three or four hours and expected to restart and what i'm saying is is that's unacceptable in a step back because where you had a very polished and very well executed system that maybe didn't get exactly what everyone wanted out of it, it was still a really good game. And what, what, what's been put in front now is this thing that is like cluttered and it, and it is endemic throughout the entire system. And sure, we're, we'll talk about everything down to research, to gear, to psionics about how this game is full of clutter. That doesn't add anything. It just adds more points of confusion. This happened with the first one. Like, it's easy with the, you know, um, to look back and say the first, the 2012 XCOM was, like, significantly better at these things. But everyone I knew either restarted or struggled to restart because they messed up the strategic layer somewhere. For sure. And that's why this game exists, you know, in the way it does. Because the designers said, you know, so many people lost their first game that why not make that canon? So, like, that's, that's 
that was an issue in the past that I don't think is is so much better. Like, 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 I don't care about what the designer's decisions were. My, I care about my relationship with the game. I find that fascinating. I, I think because uh, in in 2012 in XCOM: Enemy Unknown, there was only one path to victory in the strategic layer. Um, you had to do things the way the game wanted you to. And I find it interesting to to hear you say all these things that you find frustrating or to or confusing or clutter. And I think of them as choice. I think of all these things as in, in XCOM 2, there are multiple paths to victory. I can do things more than one way to win the game. Uh, I feel like what you're saying is you're taking to take a game by the same studio, Civ 5, and saying, it's ridiculous that I can get a cultural victory. I think I should just have military victories. That should well, be the way to win. No, that's and, not what I'm saying yeah, at all. Hang on. I, well, so the thing is, though, to me, I don't. There's there's no roads that I can, you know, I don't see exactly. the path that's, that's, that's popping that, that's up. That's what like, I'm saying. Choice doesn't matter if you can't see the path. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things on that map that I'm just like, I don't know where we're really going with this. And there's something else I want to bring up. Um, I, I find it, maybe this maybe this eases up as you get deeper into the campaign because uh, my first my first game, I, I, I played it through to the bitter end. Uh, and I probably played about like, Four or five more hours than I should have, because it was it was super done uh, for a long time. But I just wanted to see what the spiral uh, was like, what 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 failure uh, looked like, and 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 how quickly it would arrive. You could go back to Kingdom for that, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but at least King- well, uh, yeah, Kingdom <laughs> usually cuts to the chase unless it doesn't. Uh, but here, one other issue I ran into was that um, so. <laughs> After you you play around for a little while, uh, it introduces this the second concept, which is the uh, the the Avatar project. Uh, that's kind of the the overall Doomsday Clock for the Alien Victory. Uh, but then there are the uh, let, let, let's call them the Red Missions, right? The the sort of mission critical. Uh, you you have to you you have to do this mission in order to uh like d- d- deny the enemy progress on uh on the avatar project uh or or deny the enemy uh an upcoming bonus that they're going to get over the next phase of the game. But there were a couple missions uh that felt an awful lot like uh you know like kind of like they were almost like progress bottlenecks where it's like oh you can't you can't do this mission uh until you've until you've geared up and you've got a pretty advanced squad but in the meantime the the overall game can, the overall game clock is is still running and so the other thing i i i started getting a little confused about is like in in XCOM you you in the in XCOM enemy unknown you did the missions they they went one way or another squads you know, got better, uh, soldiers sort of advanced. Here, there were a lot of times where I'm like, okay, so do you really want me to do this mission now? Or do you want me to grind some other missions and then come back with a squad that is actually capable of doing it without suffering horrific losses or or mission failure? And that was, I don't know, like, uh, you guys have played a lot more of this game than I have, so I'm curious if that is a recurring problem, but it was definitely an early game source of confusion for me where I felt like, the game kind of had this idea in mind of my order of operations and when I would do something. And when I deviated from that, I felt like, oh, I, I, I guess I was wrong. I, I shouldn't be here. I'm, I'm very sorry. 
Are are you talking about the like super duper plot missions of finding the alien bases and going to those? Because yeah. those are the only ones that aren't timed. Yeah. Like everything everything yes, else is either do this now or leave it. Those specifically, right? Yeah. Like point, and like, okay, like a right. point will be the first time you see the giant Ed two oh nine robot. Right? Like that is that is a point where if you are showing up at the wrong time, you're in you're in for a rough a rough day. Yeah, no, I think I I agree with you that one of the weakest parts of the game pacing this time around is the story content. And it's funny to me because uh several campaigns in, I no longer find it problematic. I know when to do them. But in my first few games, they really catch you off guard. They don't provide a lot of feedback or guidelines on what to do with them. Uh, and it goes back, I think, to the the sort of underlying problem that Firaxis didn't solve with XCOM this time around or last time, which is that um, in the Firaxis XCOM games, you are in a an incredible struggle to survive for the first half of your game. You plateau out for just a little bit where you can still screw up, and then you get this long victory lap once you've sort of researched the best techs, and you just sort of slaughter your way through the alien menace, and then you win. Um, and so I think those early story missions, they have made them look much more crucial to your own victory when they actually are. And in truth, a lot of the time you can just kind of ignore them for a while. Right. I think, I think you know, I, I my first playthrough i ran into it and i think it sort of plays into the 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 strategy level stuff and uh, a problem with i think the sort of the first for axis xcom was uh there was a lot of mixed signals about what your short-term goal was so you'd have the different characters in your base and this is the same where they say you know you should research this or you should build that and that's what's going to move the plot forward um and you know I realized fairly quickly on in the first XCOM and this one that really sometimes that's going to lead you astray. Yeah, Maybe you don't research plot moving forward when it means more mutons before you have any oh, armor. Right. Or Absolutely. just, or, or just like, just because you can, you can research in the first Fraxis game, laser weapons, you can kind of just skip over them. Like don't, don't bother doing that. Good. Just, just go get plasma weapons. And, and I think, you know, there's an idea of like, that you need to rush to a certain um to a certain uh that the the critical path through the research through the building right like this idea that you need to get up to six characters as fast as possible or you need to have you know so many uh points in uh you know you need your acid grenades before you get to really heavily armored uh uh aliens that those things are off those things are in fact the critical path to victory but the game doesn't present them as the critical path and yeah, I think it's, and it's and it's further pro you know it's further problem made made more of a problem because of the addition of things like the the like this weird division between the research center and the black ops research center or the construction yard or then the thing that is sort of like the construction yard, but allows you to do other things like create ammunition. I think that this is an issue with both of these and kind of with the original XCOMs is that it's, it doesn't seem to have a coherent vision of like the best way to play that it also puts you on the path towards. 
my biggest issue playing on harder levels with both this and the 2012 XCOM is it basically encourages save scumming. Like, it escalates difficulty in ways that have enemies just, like, start one-shotting your characters. Yep. And that's just not fun. So you save scum, try to do that mission, and then it's like, okay, am I just too far behind on research? Is this just a really bad random setup on the mission? <clears throat> and then I compare it to something like Darkest Dungeon, which is a very similar tactical strategic division, um, you know, researching or buying things, keeping your, your people healthy, like, even though that's a very much RPG-oriented versus this uh, this one's Western tactics style that's extremely similar conceptually, but the key difference is, like, Darkest Dungeon is built around, you can just mess up totally, lose all of your parties in a row, like, lose all 20 of your characters or whatever, and there's still a way to come back from this. Yeah. Like, it's got it's got flexibility it's it go the difficulty takes place at your own pace you know when you're going to a mission where you're gonna get messed up if you don't have well-geared characters like it's it's just so it's not necessarily calmer but it's more cohesive like to just think about what do i do next and why and this what do i do next and why like if you mess up you're just pressing reload for the next three hours before you decide you have to do the mission entirely again with a different random seed that was see that was the thing uh that i was not real happy with in my first playthrough uh in that that's that that death spiral felt kind of unbreakable uh to me in Mm -hmm. a way that like you know, like, yeah, there were death spirals in the original uh, Enemy Unknown. Uh, God, I need to really stop calling it the original. Jeez, you're right. Uh, all right. Let, Everyone, just, you're right. Let's just Firaxis call it 20... Firaxis. Yes, <laughs> Firaxis XCOM. Let's Great. just call it XCOM unless we're specifically citing the older ones. Right. That's UFO Defense. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, okay. The original Firaxis XCOM released in 2012. <laughs> I felt like even if I was going in to a mission fairly far along in the game with like one veteran and a bunch of rookies. I still felt like there was a there was there was a chance. There was like I'd have to be really on my game. I would have to be really careful. But there was still a way to like maybe get the mission done. And that was that was pretty cool. That was a cool feeling. Uh because it, it did sort of encourage me to sort of play it as it lays, right? And here the moment I started to get behind, I just started getting more and more behind because like rookies are super ineffective in this game. Like characters without special abilities are really, really at a profound disadvantage uh, in this game. And then, you know, as, as missions start to go wrong, uh, you, the average experience level of your available troops just continues to plummet. Uh, but then the game continues to advance and continues to roll out nastier and nastier enemies. So there's this point where, like, the game is just sort of ramping up on its own difficulty uh, curve because it's like, hey, we're, we're approaching the mid-game here. So, here, you know, here, it's good, like you're going to see fewer advent troopers and you're going to see a lot more mutants. And in the meantime... I am deploying squads that are just more and more like freaked out rookies. Like there were a number of battles during that first playthrough where like the first encounter, like the battle would literally like basically all hinge on one turn where like we'd have our first encounter. My guys would take some reaction shots and then something horrific would happen. Three people would panic. And then I just sort of watched the game play itself uh, until everyone was dead. 
Um, and I, and that was kind of a new feeling. I was like, you know, in the in 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 twenty twelve XCOM, I kind of felt like. You know, you can you go out there and you can sort of battle your way back in, uh, pretty far into the game. You you like if you could you could maybe figure a way out to sort of even the odds. Uh, here, I definitely felt like oh, the game didn't want me to be in this situation. I should have I should have just reloaded back when uh, three of my top soldiers died uh, a few a few missions back. I shouldn't have taken that outcome. See, um, this is this is interesting because that's exactly how I felt the original was, and maybe that's just because I only played on the harder levels and then got into the long war real deep. But it it always felt exactly that same way to me, and I was hoping that this game would sort oh, of man. improve this. And it's I don't think it's significantly worse for me, but it's definitely still there in that way where you you have a party wipe or you lose two top characters in one mission and you can keep playing for 10 hours, but it just gets slowly worse and eventually it's yeah. impossible. Yeah, so the I think tactical that, game is definitely harder. It is, yeah, and I think that's version. because they have deepened the need to keep your soldiers alive into the lower difficulties, especially mm-hmm. um, because they have presented so many more tactical options that you need to use and master the use of than use gun on man or or press overwatch over and over yes right. yeah right like like get get your sniper and press overwatch over and over that's that's definitely the, the the big thing that caught me out right and and to a degree i understand they had to make big changes to the tactical game because i I've, i i do i i do sort of feel that after a point there was definitely a standard operating procedure you took into every uh, XCOM mission uh, in, in the previous game, right? Where, like, you know, you used you abused Overwatch like crazy. Uh, you always moved your your last person to move, sort of ran into that easy flanking shot position and, and mowed someone down. And there were a lot of there, there were just a lot of ways you, you just sort of played it by the numbers and sort of uh, took one position after another, playing almost like this little you know like a series of little uh, tactical puzzles. And that was fine. That was that was fun. But it, it also utilized the same maps over and over, so yeah. you could like just figure out where those best spots were. Yeah, right. you'd be intimately familiar uh, with the battlefield. Here, though, man, I came into this with like I'm pretty good at XCOM. I know how to play XCOM, so he, let's go. And everything is working completely differently. Uh, and it, the interesting thing is, I do think having gotten more experience now, like Overwatch remains incredibly powerful. It's just the way you have to deploy it is is completely different now. Like every like everything feels just a, a little bit different. And then there's a lot of ways that the the enemy can can totally uh, screw you over uh, in, in in ways that were not available to it in the in the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think one of the other reasons for your death spiral um it comes back down to that strategy layer and the idea of like having these rookies going against mutons. And it was how basically my first game ended. And that was, I still don't think I understand the economy of the game. I don't think I am, I am interacting it well in 2012. I think it was really straightforward. It was this idea of like, all right, you get money that buy stuff. You need 
use that money to buy satellites to protect your, you know, to keep to keep the lights on on, you know, when you looked at that big map and you were like, as long as I can I can put satellites up, I'm gonna keep down the panic level and that's what I'm sort of doing. You know, scientists and engineers are basically like this like experience bar that you can sort of allows you to pass thresholds to get you more stuff. And that I got. This I have constantly found like I don't I, I I keep finding like I'm I'm unawares of what I need, you know. Oh, I needed Intel to do that. I didn't really understand that. Oh, I thought I needed this Intel, but then there was this like special event that I didn't know that I could have known had I done that specific mission as opposed to this other one. Um, you know, like the the idea that the that the researchers and stuff like that are now batteries and that I have to build uh, or developing the relationships with the specific resistance groups that can then get taken away and then I can build my own radio tower inside my thing, but then each of the resistance camps can also have a radio tower and then I have to do a supply drop. Like, I just have completely gotten turned around onto what I should be watching and what I should be caring about, which means I... Uh, in in previous XComs, when I the the thing that was restricting me was always like the alien materials. It was like I it was like well okay I want to I want to build uh, six suits of armor, but I only have enough material for three. And who am I going to put those armor on? And now it's like well I have tons of this alien material because I'm sure I'm killing a lot of guys, but I I don't have the right set of six different resources. Well, that's an exaggeration. Maybe there's I only three. To, no, to they, I think the there thing. are six total, and it show it has a screen that like it's right. up on the top right on the strategic layer. It says, "Here's the amount of money. Here's the amount mm -hmm. of intel supplies." Yeah, yeah. Um, I just don't know what they're for. There's Illyrium. There's two different Illyriums, <laughs> and there's alien alloys. Like, right. like most of that, like only <laughs> intel and money really matter. Like, right. I think at so. the point where you need them to be on that screen. But it keeps showing you these things, and yeah, that's definitely an issue. I don't oh. think that I don't think Intel specifically works really well either. Yeah, that that I still don't know anything about. I'm pretty sure that's the thing you use to to get new resistance cells. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that you you can pick to doing like I think you can go to the black market and then you can get a thing. Yeah. But then you're not doing missions. You're just sitting at your base collecting intel. I'm not too sure. It's one of these okay. things where it's sort of moving around, and I just don't get it. So right. you're you're mostly right. It's it's. I mean, that's relatively simple once you know it, but it's really unclear like initially. But yeah, the intel is what you use to contact other groups and the resistance groups basically add the countries. The mm -hmm. radio towers are basically satellites. They're things that you add to you know boat buff up your countries and they make it easier to contact ne the next ones and then you can also use intel at the black market to buy cool shit which is useful but like the main way you get intel is via story reward or mission rewards that only pop up randomly you can also sit and wait at your base but that gets so little that it's essentially useless mm. um so like yeah, it's it's a thing that is only matters when you're almost out of it and you don't know why you're almost out of it or how to get more. That's how and I that's... discovered intelligence was a resource, by the way. Right. It was yeah, literally yeah. the first time oh, I gosh. did I couldn't do something. <laughs> I was like, wait, what hang on, hang on. I can't I can't I, that button was always lit before. Why isn't it lit? <laughs> yeah, that's 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 definitely an issue and I think 
I hope that expansions or mods or patches can like make that more clear because yeah, it's it's not a complicated thing once you get to know it, but it is it is a thing that really needs to be explained. Like it it can also work well. I had my current game, I was um I had the Avatar project click to completion or click to the meter filled up, which means you have 14 days to do something to make it go back down. And I looked and I was like, okay, I have just enough intel once like the double cost alien event goes down that I can contact this next place. With that next place, I'll be able to go raid an enemy base. So I'm like waiting the three days for that to go down, wait the four days. Like it's this really tense sort of dance that I thought worked really well in the strategic layer. But if I didn't know how that worked after having played, you know, basically one full game and a bunch of, like, starting bits, then I would have just been like, oh, the Avatar Project clicked, I have no idea what to do next, it's game over. All right, Jonathan, I've been I've been wanting to get back to you because you said originally that you kind of felt like there are all these different ways to approach the game now that where, where the original, where the original uh, 2012 game was, was kind of this go back to headquarters, hit you know, hit go, watch time, do the missions is very, you know, you were, you were sort of, a, it was a one track game. Now this one introduces all these complications and we've, we've complained about them because they're unclear. I think it's weird that your spaceship goes around hoovering up various resources like loose pennies, but we have all this new complexity. What are these victory paths that, that we should be following, right? Because to me, it, it, it feels kind of random and I'm not sure where I'm supposed to be going, which makes it hard to engage with as a strategy game. I'm I'm curious what is like what what are the like what are the Civ Five like routes to victory here that like these these resources plug into? So I think that they are based around a couple things that are very poorly explained. I think that's one of the primary issues with the game as a whole is that it, it has a lot of badly explained subsystems, and Intel is one of the worst ones. And that, that I had the exact same experience you did, Rob. I I didn't know Intel was a resource until I suddenly had run out of it. Um, and that is how I've seen it work in many other games. Uh, and a lot of that comes down to what random events you got. If you got some good random events early on in the game to pull some intel and you got lucky, you know, and, and you've gotten some free intel from hacking or whatever over the course of the game, you might never be in need of more of it. Um, yeah, that's what happened to me is that I did so well for like the first five hours of happening to do intel missions that it was just a sudden shock when I hit that wall. Right. Um, but... Uh, to my mind, there's there's three primary ways to run your economy in XCOM 2, whereas in XCOM 1, there was one way to run your economy. You built satellites, and if you had money to build a satellite, you always built the satellite. It didn't really matter what the other option was. You just built the satellite because that meant you were going to have more money later, and it wasn't like you were really fighting a clock to win. Um, whereas in this game, especially on the higher difficulties, and I'd like to stress that where I think that on the lower difficulty settings of XCOM 2, you can just muddle through with your economics and do whatever you want. Um, but in this one, you've got your your sort of supply-driven route to victory, where you try and preserve as much of the resistance network as you can and always build it, and that's what you spend your intel on. Um, and then you've got sort of a, a middle ground where you you preserve a little bit of intel and you, you try and get a decent network, and then you strike when you can. Um, and then there's this sort of lean, vicious run where you sell all the extra junk you get at the black market, you spend your intel on uh, buffs for your troops and things like that from the black market, and you you've kind of only research what you absolutely need. Um, 
I think there's those are three different distinct paths in this game. I, I think that sounds about right. Like one of the coolest things that Intel does at the black market is you can use it to have the cost of research. So if you want to get armor right. right away, you can take a fair bit of Intel and get the plated armor or whatever research it is. It's almost always there with magnetic weapons and psionics, I think. And you just do that. And all of a sudden you've got predator armor, like within the first month. And that's super useful. But you could also use it to like buff your individual troops or just try to get as much money as you can and, you know, go with time. So yeah, that is sort of there. Um, it's hard to tell though, because that avatar project ticker, even though it's not as important as it looks, sure looks really important and scary. You're damn right it does. It's terrifying. But the truth is, uh, on almost every campaign I've played, I I've learned that you can let it literally fill before you bother trying to to cut it down some in the early game um and that's just not clear like the game just doesn't tell you that and yeah and it really needs to tell you very that it, it has that 14 day that 14 day buff or oh i was shocked the first cushion. time it filled up yeah and then yeah, i was I had like 14 oh, more days. game over i'm done oh okay this is easy now <laughs> Well, when, oh, when I what? filled up, I literally had one soldier left and no money. And so I was just like, well, <laughs> let's see what the end game cinematic That's is. That's right. Uh, you know, one other thing, I just I just want to throw this out too. I definitely felt like my first playthrough went badly, in part because the tutorial gives you such relentlessly shitty advice. Yeah, like it, the first really mission. Does. Terrible. The first mission is like, hey, how about. To teach you how this game works, we get a couple of your soldiers killed. Yeah. I was like, all right, let's do yeah. it. As, a, as an XCOM veteran, I'm thinking, no, but no, and it literally won't let yeah. you save them. It's so, insane. But then, but then it like takes you on some, some other, uh, other missions. And one thing went wrong real quickly, uh, w which was that a couple soldiers on, on one, uh, on one mission where we're raiding a supply train, uh, were killed by a car that, boy, I sure thought it was an inanimate car, uh, cause it's been burning since the mission started. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, yeah. so there's just a burn animation on that car. And then my guys are crouched behind it and then the car just blew the hell up. Uh, and and kill both of them. And I was like, okay, I guess that was not that that was that was an actively burning car. Okay, uh, that wasn't clear. I've seen um, I, I think I've seen uh, Tom Senior uh, uh mention this on on Twitter as well. I don't think I'm the only person having the I don't entirely know what what the environment is doing around me, uh, and that can be a little frustrating when when a good soldier dies, but. Then the, the the helpful tutorial advice wouldn't stop because after like right after that happened, so two veterans were dead, and then uh, I had a retaliation mission pop up, uh, which are the the equivalent of the terror missions where you got to go in and save a bunch of civilians, and I had like nothing but rookies to send in there. Uh, and I was like, okay, I don't feel really ready to take on a, a big challenge here, but. Uh, Bradford is in my ear, uh, really mm -hmm. insistent that I do this fucking mission. So I guess we'll go do it. Uh, and immediately I get in there. My guys are completely overmatched, uh, by, by what they find there. First guy's like mind controlled by a sectoid. Uh, second person freaks out, kills him. Uh, and then, yeah, so it all goes wrong. It's like a, it's, it's a full squad wipe. Oh, and Bradford will not shut up. 
about you're just letting these civilians get massacred. This is turning into a bloodbath. <laughs> you got to get out See, there. That's not even the tutorial, actually. No, that's that's. that's it turns out that's, that's just the Bradford. main game. He just he just that's will not just shut up about those civilians. Oh my god, I'm so like I'm I'm starting to really wish that Bradford had eaten it. Uh, in between the two games because like i used to sort of like yeah bradford he's the he's the voice in your ear and now every single time on those missions he's like oh this is just oh the humanity and it's like bradford seriously man i'm doing the best i can this game has overwatch if i just run and try to save those civilians we're all gonna die so will you just shut up and let me play XCOM the way we both know the game works Uh, it's like bradford have you even heard of the faceless come on that's right that's right um, should we should we talk a little about the tactics we game? Should, we should get around to that. Yeah, we're four or six minutes into the show. <laughs> let's, let's talk about some XCOM XCOM. I really like what they've done with armor, and I really like blowing up buildings. Like, yeah. This feels good. Those both are the best, and I really like using my medic to heal people from you know twelve squares away. Yeah. Oh, it's heal, so wonderful! Bot, it's go. so wonderful. Yeah, that 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 thing's great. Hacking, ah, it's fine. It's kind of cool taking over a robot. I'll, I'll comfortably say that they got the math completely wrong on hacking. It's terrible, yeah. and you should never do it. Right? Yeah. Like, like, talk about things that like really want you to save scum. Is <laughs> <laughs> every time you use the hacker, it's yeah. like seriously, like it's like when you go to an unsecure website and Google's like, oh wait, what, what are you doing? What are you, wait, why? Why did you just enter this address? Yeah. Like XCOM just goes into a panic because it's like, man, like I guess you could try to hack this thing. But, you, you boy, could you get really a to. cookie that you eat yeah. for the next two turns. Or every enemy could become a god for the rest of the mission. <laughs> That's right. Um, it's actually true, yeah. That part of it is actually one of the things that I think the game kind of messes up on another general trend, but I feel like it's usually less percentage-based than uh, XCOM 1 was because of things like the building destruction and the turn timers. It's not just like, do I flip this coin and try to make this, or do I go into Overwatch every time? It's, okay, I can just take a grenade, blow this guy up, keep pushing forward as fast as I can, or, you know, play it safe. Their reinforcements come from behind. I don't feel like it's, um, like Dan Stapleton said, like pure poker as it was. I feel like I have more agency over the situation and the the level design and timed missions kind of encouraging movement and especially the nuking stuff is is really what gives me that that feeling so i i I also think there's probably a psychological element of uh the enemies themselves i find are a lot more punishing and so i find myself more more likely to hedge my bets than to than to get greedy like I was like maybe I would try to do in XCOM uh, 2012. Uh, I don't want to linger on it too much, but it it actually has a lot of gameplay implications. But that um the performance of this game is just abysmal. Wow. On both, yeah. On on both my on both my rigs, um, a lot of like loading, uh, a lot of loading times about about 90 to 120 seconds for me. They're often chained together. Enemy turns are taking forever. Um, and it's basically forced me to to reduce this thing to its lowest possible settings. So whereas Enemy Within would run really smoothly and look fantastic, um, this game looks like absolute garbage 
uh, and 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 ha- runs at really terrible frame rates and pauses and things like that. And it extends more to the gameplay stuff where a lot of the particle effects are buggy. And those matter because cars will explode and you don't expect them to. Or I find myself running through an area that is poisoned but doesn't look poisoned or is acid but doesn't look acid and nothing really shows up. And so it actually I found myself like it's very hard for me to trust the game. Yes, absolutely. My my favorite example of that is when things are on fire because fire – uh, dynamically spreads now and um, you'll have soldiers standing somewhere and you're like, okay, great. They're safe. They'll get shot at. You'll be like, oh, okay, it missed. That's fine. And then the next turn, they'll suddenly be on fire as will every tile around them because the yep. particle effect from the plasma setting the grass on fire didn't bother to load. Um, and that is actually truly That's hysterical what's happening? Yes, huh. that yes. is what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... And I've seen, I've seen fire uh, snake like I've seen a, a tile, you know, four or five spots away from a soldier get ca- set on fire, and then the fire just makes a beeline, like on that's purpose, right. Towards it's the learning from the fire. It's it's very funny. <laughs> yeah, the, but I, I I haven't seen the fire work dynamically like this, so that's kind of an issue. Like I've seen buildings collapse from it, but I have not seen you know grass burn like that. So uh, I didn't even know this was an issue I was having. But in general, you're probably runs... not seeing the particle effect move. Yeah. In general, this is the game has run fairly well for me. Like some of the load times are a little excessive. The whole caps lock thing is one of the most ridiculous bugs I've ever heard of. Uh, explain. So after you do a mission, you sit and wait for your Sky Ranger to go home, right? Yeah, that's a long wait. Yeah, apparently, really long. if you press caps lock, it instantly loads. What? And it does. Okay. Oh. It's ridiculous. I don't. How on earth does that happen? What? It's a little dev backdoor, little little, <laughs> little, little trick <laughs> for for speedrunners. Yeah, I, I don't, I like, I don't even know how you would begin with that bug. Like, I heard about like XCOM has had some historically hilarious bugs, like the difficulty one of the the original nineteen ninety four, where it automatically went to the easiest setting after the first mission, no matter what. That's like one of the great bugs in game history. But this one is a lot more minor. But Jesus, like, what is this? But still, it, it's running a lot better for me, which might be why I have a generally more positive perception of it than you do. There's two more that happen consistently that are kind of a problem, and one is the the Viper. So that is this um, – so in the fiction, we in the 2012, we had the Thin Men. But now they don't really have to, to, to be hiding amongst you know humans, so they're showing their true form, and that's the Viper. Okay, so the Viper is this – uh, alien who can use its tongue to sort of grab one of your uh, your um, soldiers from across the map, uh, drags it towards them. It it uh, enters into a bound state, much like that um, invisible flying monster from yeah, the uh, Enemy Within, the Choker, um, and it can also spit poison, uh, similar to what the 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 um, what happened when you killed the Thin Man. Um, about one in five times when a viper targets one of my uh, one of my characters, it it will grab it uh, and then it will warp back. So it will move, tongue attack, warp back with my character to the place that it moves. I cannot Whoa. target it with um, with uh, an, a ranged attack, which is really important because you need to be able to, if you hit the Viper, that's how it gets unbound. But I can use my slash attack, in which case 
it'll the character will run to the place where the viper is no longer it will do its attack animation then the viper will uh act like it's been hit in its now new is original position and ta-da i get my guy back but it is just an absolute calamity the vipers when i see them i just if i don't kill them immediately my game could just go completely to shit yeah that i've had bugs with that like the main bug i have is where they 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 they're in this square next to your soldier when they bind to your soldier and they just stay in that square your soldier stays in the other one. They're no longer in the same square together. They're bound. Everything is like working relatively the way it should be, but something has gone wrong. And then after I get the soldier out, they're still stuck in that like bound position. So they don't animate. That also happens to me when sometimes when soldiers get, uh, they fall through the ground. If there's an explosion, they'll just stay in that position. They don't animate. And it's very strange. It's still workable, but yeah. So, so the reason why I, br- why I bring this up is that a big part of my relationship with XCOM, and I think with many people's, is Iron Man mode. Um, it's a thing that I've that I've that I've always uh, used, uh, mainly because I actually have a hard time not save scumming, and I know that I get something extra out of it when I actually like play it through. And um, with XCOM Two, I just in its current state, I don't think that's a viable game mode. I agree. It's very disappointing. Uh, it, it is essentially, and I wouldn't recommend anyone play it on Iron Man right now. There are just enough bugs that you can't rely on the game to work quite as advertised. And it's it's not just bugs. It's also that it's not very forgiving. If you wipe, you wipe, and you're basically gone. It's like playing at the higher levels of the original or of XCOM One, and uh, like they they need a sort of long war long warification of it, where losing losing even one squatty isn't like a critical hit. You need some agree, sort of yeah. forgiveness there. And, you know, they, so they introduce early the idea that you can bail out on a mission and call for extraction uh, anywhere on the map and uh, pull your soldiers out. And that's good. There's definitely some missions I, I should have just uh, should have should have canceled it early. Except then, if you you're starting to fall off the 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 progress uh, track that you're supposed to be on, uh, you know you you need those missions. You need those mission completions. Uh, you need those resources. You need those bonuses. Uh, and you know it, while it's it's preferable to take that hit than it is to like have a full squad wipe. Uh, in general, I I. I came away with the feeling that really anything less than success with acceptable losses um, was kind of impossible. Like it was, it was a really bad decision to continue playing uh, from, from those positions. So I found really interesting about three campaigns in, I started to realize which missions I could just skip. Um, There's a, some of the retaliation missions, you know, if you don't need that region anymore, just let them fucking have it. (laughs) <laughs> just don't even go on the mission. Don't take any of the wounds or the losses. And I find that odd because I'd rather play the mission and then scrub it, right? I'd rather the game be forgiving enough that I can try and play it rather than just know, oh, you know what? Eh, we don't really need West Africa. Just let it go. Because that was disastrous in other XCOM games. You didn't want to lose a region ever. But in this one, it's not that bad. Well, you like, can always yeah. get it back. Yeah, get, go get it back later, and it's yeah. a little worse off. But as long as you eh. have the intel, 
As long, yeah. <laughs> you have to pay attention to your intel, but, right? But then yeah. you can just fly over to the intel pile in that's right. Central just, North America just... <laughs> and just suck it all up over the course that, of five that's days. That's right. Um, I, I, I think one of the problems, or perceived problems, I think of the XCOM tactical game is um, it's not very heroic. A very successful way, sort of, is to to mitigate damage by inching your team forward on Overwatch, trying just to trigger one group of aliens at a time. Um, XCOM Enemy Within uh, had a solution to try and remedy that, and that was sort of positive reinforcement. They said, hey, there are these two resource nodes out on every map called Meld. You want to play with the new uh, cool tools that are available in this uh, expansion. Um, you got to play a little bit more aggressively because each of those is on a timer, and if it reaches zero, you lose it. Um, XCOM 2 trades in that positive reinforcement for negative reinforcement, and that is fail timers on missions, where if it hits zero, and rest assured, you don't get a turn zero, which I learned out the hard way, <laughs> yeah. you lose everyone. Yes. Um, or you or you lose the rewards. Like, it depends on the mission. Or well, okay. I, yeah, I if, it's, only... if it's those missions where you have to get to the extraction zone, nobody's yeah. coming home. Yes, you lose. Although they do get captured, and you can rescue them later. Eventually, yes. I finally got a mission where I did, which Wait, is nice. Did, but... How do those proc? Uh, they are randomly uh, council missions. Randomly, yep. they they proc, but I I was able to get uh, our friend Julian Murdoch back, so <laughs> it was it was all right. He was uh, my lead psionicist, so it it was good. But but um. So I find those I find those particularly a little bit frustrating. They happen a lot. Um, uh, I find it frustrating because it's sort of coupled with uh, what I think seems to be um, or the the random because they they occur even in the procedurally generated levels. And while I do appreciate not having the same map over and over again, one of the things I have encountered with this procedurally generated system, as with all procedurally generated level level design. This is not always perfect. Um, in Enemy Unknown, we had, or Enemy Within, we had that Newfoundland level that was just absolutely, I think, wonderful. Um, really, really hard. But it was sort of, I had a lot of buildings and stuff like that. And we see a lot more of an urban focus. Um, but I've actually uh, had setups where it was just really fucking hard to even get to the extraction zone just based on the the placement of the of the terrain and that was a little aggravating and also um just the natural inherent bugginess of the the sort of the levels of buildings like i find it actually a little bit hard sometimes to uh actually click where you're supposed to click or, or that's see better than it was but it's still tricky when you're dealing with a three-story building with a roof and it's yeah yeah it's the still three-story ones are issues but yeah, it's definitely still tricky, um, but uh, but I think that it, and it has improved. It's it's just happens more often because of the nature. I think of some of the maps. Um, so to me, that's a that's a push. I like the I like the new maps, but they're you know it's not uh, it's not the the super solution that I wanted. This is also another Iron Man issue. Is that my biggest my the. Missions I have the biggest problems with are the timed missions on very, very small maps where suddenly I'm dropped in and like one move triggers two or three enemy groups. Right. Yes. And this yes. this is like a really cool idea, sort of generally, but for the Iron Man, Just this reload. is, you know, instant disaster. 
or with um with the timed mission it means that i can't be careful at all i have to like go for it and it's a potential disaster again so it's have you it's, had a bugged uh retaliation mission yet no what those uh, are well, great um, well, what happened some of them are, are truly wonderful and the best ones i've seen <laughs> um involved every single civilian to rescue spawning on the roof of the same building I had that on a on the top of like a little a little hill thing. It wasn't all of them, but it was like six of them all at once. It uh, was I I had that amazing. happen and I had every single enemy pod spawn on the roof of the same building as well, which was really great. Um because thankfully that wasn't an Iron Man run and I just reloaded it and fired a grenade onto the roof and watched them all die. <laughs> it was a really quality moment. Yeah, that's there's some issues there, but I do really like the procedurally generated levels in general. Um, yes. Both in terms of the architecture itself seems to have more varied kind of tactical options with, you know, buildings connecting to one another. It's not just that same fucking Tex-Mex bar and grill that mm-hmm. in oh, Nigeria. Yeah. In Central China. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I had, a, I had a really fun fight in a car dealership. Yeah, um, the car dealership is fun. The clothes, st- the clothes shops, the CD bars, like those are all really cool things. Again, this makes sense with the sort of aliens have taken over the world, so now it makes sense that there is a cultural hegemony that didn't make sense in <laughs> right. uh, the last XCOM. Right. <laughs> um, I, I love little details. Like I am ninety percent sure that my I'm seeing my squad mates, uh, my my top soldiers appear on wanted posters. Uh, yeah, yeah those are awesome. Um, yeah, those are absolutely in. Which is which is pretty cool. I mean, so the the thing is, like, on the one hand, I, I like that they introduce some volatility uh, to the tactical game so that it doesn't feel quite so uh, conservative and, and by the numbers. But then, yeah, it is so unbelievably punishing every time you put a – like, basically, literally put a foot wrong. Uh, like, oh, sorry, like, you didn't have everyone in Overwatch at the start of this turn. Your first soldier moved out into the one square that is in the line of sight of two groups of enemies. And so now they're all going to move into cover. And you're dealing with six enemies or seven as opposed to three or four. Uh, and you're just about to get swamped. Sorry. Uh, and then that is even exacerbated because a lot of the enemies you fight now uh, are not pushovers, you know, like in, in, in 2012 XCOM, it took a long time really before uh, the, the varsity started showing up for, for the aliens. Like, yeah, the thin man was bad. Cause like if, if they tagged you, uh, they were going to do a ton of damage, but sectoids, I mean, they were, you know, you just sort of plowed through those things. Uh, the, the first time you'd, you'd find like maybe one, even like one or two chrysalids on a map and you figured out like what the trick was there. That wasn't so bad here. Things can go so spectacularly wrong from the start because the moment, like the the lowly sectoid, uh, is now capable of of doing a whole bunch of stuff uh, from from the word go, and including mind controlling a soldier. And when you only have four soldiers at the start of the game, and one of them suddenly is mind controlled, and the only way to break it is to uh, either like stun uh, the sectoid uh, with like a flashbang or. Or, or kill it, uh, suddenly that becomes very, very hard. And I actually kind of disagree on that. One of the things I've noticed is that instead of just shooting and killing your characters, the sectoids will make them panic or mind control them, which the mind control will make them safe, 
Like, it's not safe for everyone else if it lasts, but it's not an immediate mind control. It's only the next turn where they actually do anything about it. So it's it's one of those things where it looks harder than it actually plays a lot of the time for me. Although this might take a few a few times encountering the sexoids to see them, to see that this is the case. But it's also like when you encounter the Codex, and the Codex does that thing where it drops that, like, it makes your guns not work, and there's suddenly a... Uh, a whirlwind of psionic energy that was going to blow up like that's terrifying but it means that codex isn't shooting your guys that it has a clear shot at so it's it's a really interesting thing of kind of inducing panic without necessarily ruining the game yeah i mean i've had mind control go really wrong often enough that i i view it as a pretty threatening thing um, I had a sniper basically ace two of his team, squad mates uh, <laughs> in, in the first two turns. He was mind controlled. Uh, that wasn't great. I've also observed them doing cool things like, uh, I mean, it is cool. Uh, suicide bombing uh, fellow soldiers. Yeah. Uh, they, they run up to them. I've not and, seen that. Uh, oh, yeah. They run up to them, pull the pin on a grenade and uh, blow themselves and the uh, and, and the soldier and the soldier up, uh, which kind of nifty uh but but again this is this is a low level enemy and this is what they can do the first time a muton threw a grenade at some yes. of my dudes and the game oh, conditioned me like oh man if you spread your guys out too much because you're trying to get those flanking bonuses you're just going to get picked apart and you'll encounter too many enemies so you actually want to stay a little grouped up and then the first time i encounter a muton grenade it's like whoa okay that doesn't work they did that in the in XCOM one. That was that was like one of the huge difficulty things is that you could just turtle forward in like very small groups until you encounter a muton, and then nope, no more of that. Yeah, here, uh, yeah, the the muton is 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 pretty nasty uh, in, in this one. The fact that faceless uh, pop up all the time and they now they are scarier than they than they actually are. They look scarier than they actually are. Yep, it takes them so example. long to get into a position ah, where they do something. But they but, heal like and ah oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah, so but but my my overall point here is that like I like that there's a lot of things here uh that sort of push me out of my standard operating procedure mm-hmm, comfort zone mm-hmm, with my tactics. Definitely. But it also introduces this volatility that really, I think, is a little bit across. That is really at cross purposes with the goal of sort of having a game where you're just sort of iron manning and and going forward and dealing with situations as they arise. Because more often than not, I feel like, oh, there was just there was just a straight up wrong answer to this mission. Uh, I need yeah. to I need to I need to restart it. I need to I need to try something else here. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I agree. Think, I think with a there are a lot of. There's a lot of noise, and I think uh, if 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 listeners who or anyone who wants to go back and go to the 2012 recording for XCOM, you there will be a complaint of mine where it was like, you know what, I really don't like the leveling up system. There's a clear right answer. I'm just destroying everything, and I I stand by that. I found even on uh, I never beat it on the hardest difficulty, but uh, the second hardest, you know, it was pretty much. You, there was a standard operating procedure for XCOM, and you could, and I thought it was pretty clear. Um, I think that a lot of the tactical options um, are probably there's probably a right answer. I just can't see it right now, and uh, and so that that that's you know an interesting choice 
for me and it will be a will be a nice path to go down um but i feel like uh the 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 penalties for picking the wrong choices um are extra brutal and and so i think again it's another thing that sort of saves scumming and right like okay like the 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 presentation of like the 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 skull hacking for instance is that actually useful i don't think so maybe so you know as 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 we wind this down though here here's the thing I'm looking down my friends list and uh, there's just a ton of people playing XCOM too. Mm-hmm. Uh people people love them some XCOM. Uh Ro- Rowan and Jonathan I, I I feel love them some XCOM. And you know what? I like I might there might like there might be a part of me that is convinced like Enemy Unknown was the better game. Uh, and if I, I if I really want to get my XCOM on, I should maybe go back to that. Uh but nevertheless, I'm, I'm still for me, I'm still plugging away because no, damn it, I want to play XCOM too. I want, I want more XCOM, but different. <laughs> That's right. That's uh, right. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care how many times this game like kicks, you know, kicks me in the balls. I'm gonna keep trying to have my XCOM too. Uh, and so that's what's keeping me going. Uh, but you know, we, we, we've, we've, we've shot a lot of holes in, in, in what this game is up to. Uh, why, why do, why do people like, you know, why, why do people love it anyway, guys? I mean, I think the core tactical setup is still really good to play. Like it feels right. You click on the right things. The animations are nice when they work. Um, the, the sort of amount of time that you have for your turn that it, your turns take with the two missions and six soldiers like all of that feels like it's got exactly the right the right kind of core gameplay loop to it um the other thing is like the the additions of the armor mechanics and the the grenades and stuff make it novel those are things that i don't necessarily want to go back to like the way the environments are destructive and so on like my my issue isn't like why i would play this over the original xcom of this series um but like why i would play this over something like darkest dungeon which i think is probably a more coherent and better game overall but i finished my xcom 2 review and i'm playing that again i'm not still playing darkest dungeon so why is that and i think that there are you know lots of neat ambitious things here that this is doing and doing very well that um are perhaps a little bit harder to pin down than uh the clear flaws in the sort of overall conception yeah i certainly agree with rowan uh Despite the fact that there are clear problems, the loop, the core gameplay, the fire maneuver, use your abilities interestingly, use them against your enemies, uh, that is so satisfying to execute. And even when the game does, like, you know, trick you into walking in front of the stairs and then push you down them, you still sort of feel like, well, maybe that was my fault. I think I could do better next time. Um, and then when you do do better next time, when you do execute your plan flawlessly, you get a sense of satisfaction that's just not in many other releases. It's just not in many games. For for me, XCOM 2 is a bad game. But it is a bad game that I'm going to keep playing <laughs> because I'm because I'm dumb. I'm flawed, right? Like when when I it, it it there is something about it that is sort of like core and even though i know it's 
I, that there are better things out there and that, you know, my, my time could be better spent playing Invisible Ink or Darkest Dungeon or something else. And I probably would hit this many of the same sort of neurons in my brain. It's fucking XCOM and I want it and I want it and I'm biased. Um, so there's sort of this irrational push towards it that I'm going to play this ugly, poorly, <laughs> poorly balanced, <laughs> in a, like, like, and poorly balanced, un, like it's half baked. It needed, they needed to delay it another six months. You know, it needs a level of optimization. It needs some good mods. It needs a UI pass. It needs you know, to stop going needs... to a black screen for 30 seconds every time mm-hmm. something happens on the enemy it, turn. It, it's a game that apparently, inexplicably, I can improve my load times by pressing caps lock. <laughs> like, come on. But I'm going to keep fucking playing it. And, I, and I mean, I'm, I'm sad and I'm flawed. <laughs> I mean, in your case, I would definitely say you should wait for patches and see if that works. But, I mean, no, it's dumb. <laughs> but, there's, but there's missions to be done. There's that. missions yeah. to be done. Like, <laughs> there's, um, there's right. I, I'm also I'm also big into the customization, the whole character pool thing. Like, I made like seventy different XCOM men. <clears throat> How many so have monocles? I've... What? How many have monocles? Um, I I think only one or two, but I haven't made cable yet, and cable has to have a okay, monocle because you can't right. make the eyes glow. Well, when are you uploading you know? this pa- this this uh, character pack? It's on Nexus mods. Okay, I, don't, I think Steam actually has the character pools now too, but it's on Nexus. Um, you're doing <laughs> what I'm like, doing. I've I've added like every uh, major video game protagonist from the last like 20 years to my character pool. Yeah, and like this is it's a it's sort of a an investment and I think this is it's a good game in terms of making you feel invested both at like the the macro level of it being XCOM and you can do this customization stuff now and you you know you get to like your squaddies and so on and the micro level of like how it plays even though the medium level of like how all its systems interact is a little dubious at times i think that it has both of those those big and little things that uh, a game needs to have in order to make people want to play it and this this definitely makes people want to play it uh, so I think we'll leave our discussion off uh, of XCOM too. We'll leave it. We'll leave it there. Uh, I'm definitely interested in revisiting this game once uh, I figured out how it actually works, <laughs> and right. uh, once the game itself uh, works a little bit better. Uh, but but for now, I, I I feel like you know we we all wanted we all wanted an XCOM two for our sins. They gave us one. Uh, so that will do it for this ep- this week's episode of Three Moves Ahead. Uh, thank you so much, Rowan, Jonathan, and David, uh, for for joining me tonight on on a weeknight. Uh, and I hope we can all get together soon to talk about how completely fixed XCOM Two is, yeah, and how it's the best Iron Man experience ever. Hey, the the top mod right now is an eye patch on the right eye, so now you can make Big Boss and Solid Snake. <laughs> oh, I'm getting that right now. <laughs> I right. was like, berets! They added berets! I'm so ready for this. Alright, uh, Three Moves Ahead is a podcast that's produced by Michael Hermes uh, and hosted on the Idle Thumbs Network. Uh, you can learn more about the show at idlethumbs.net. 
we'll be back next week with another episode, hopefully of a of a hopefully of a war game variety. Uh, we've been we've been pushing that one back. Uh, the, the the topic the the topic and the panel schedule is is retreating before us uh, like the, like the Russian army uh, to into the into the interior. So uh, that that's the obstacle we're dealing with there. Uh, and hopefully we can get the winter war- winter of wargaming back on track uh, before the snows melt. Uh, but until then, uh, for Rowan Kaiser, Jonathan Bolding, and David Heron, this is Rob Zachney saying goodnight. Don't speak for me, Rob. <laughs>